0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to today's podcast. I am here with Charlie Johnson. Um a lot of you probably know him from Instagram. Um, it's definitely a big name in the industry and i honoured to have him on so thank you for coming on mate.
1: Pleasure, thank you very much for this, it's an pleasure. So uh, it's always nice to be on a podcast especially with so much, uh, so much Scottish charm so thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah I think I think uh, people, might, people might think a wee bit differently than that that are actually from Scotland but I think <laughs> there is an element of charm if you're not from Scotland um, I always find. But uh, before we get into the podcast mate do you want to just uh, do a quick introduction to Yourself and um, just like in a medium term version of that, obviously, don't go uh, don't so, the full uh, life.
1: Yeah, but- oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go uh, a short 45 seconds uh, elevator pitch synopsis of who I am. So, yeah, used to be really overweight when I was younger, uh, really, really struggled with that for a long time. Did all the wrong things, which we can talk about during this podcast, to try and help you guys alleviate what you should not be doing and what you should be doing. Uh, previously worked in a full time job, nine to five, managing a successful estate agents in Surrey. Um, transitioned out of that a few years ago and then built like the biggest online coaching company in the UK in terms of body transformations. We've helped over 8,000 men and women transform their physiques, been featured in Forbes magazine, uh, top three coaches in the world, been featured in men's health and those other things. Uh, now I'm traveling the world like a delinquent uh, training people. I'm currently in Toronto. I will be going to Nashville, Miami and Mexico in the next few weeks. So again, we're going to talk about getting shape for the summer. I'm going to talk about how I've actually been getting leaner like the last week or two whilst traveling around the mountain skiing and not really paying attention to my diet massively, not even working out that much. So yeah. within this podcast, we're going to give loads of value to everyone listening to make sure that you guys can try and implement some of these things. And a lot of them are actually going to be more uh, mental aspects in terms of where you need to switch your thought process.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that's a big thing for people is like, I have like a, a gears of success system, for instance. So like the first thing is like habits and routines, then dialing in kind of rock solid nutrition then it would be kind of movement and workouts. It's not to say that you don't do those things um, all kind of synergistically, but the focus needs to be da- dialing your nutrition first because it's easy to do the workouts. So get that set first, balance them all. And then once your kind of foundations are set, then a big push uh, for a set amount of time. But I think it's easy. That's an I- in an ideal world. But then some people would fall at the first hurdle then because they don't have a routine they either work shifts or they travel loads or whatever. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of insights you can bring to that. So I guess first topic then would be nutrition. Do you want to kind of go into what you, I guess, previously, if you're saying you used to obviously be overweight and stuff, um, something that you maybe done previously that you, built, you would almost give your past self-advice not to do?
1: I'm going to give you a really good one. So this is really weird. So when I was younger, I used to not like drinking water. So I used to just drink orange juice. I had I had really high levels of vitamin C and a lot of cavities and I was overweight because you got a shitload of sugar and like just calories coming out of you, your ass from nowhere just drinking <laughs> orange juice all day long. But people go, like, oh, orange juice is really healthy. I can drink loads of that. Mm. And it's the same thing with a listening who likes like uh, avocado on toast for like smashed avocado on toast for breakfast. It's like, in some respects, I'd say it's probably one of the best, worst breakfasts you can have if that's all you're going to have because you've got a high fat, high carbohydrate meal with very low protein like it's not really like technically it's healthy but we have to understand there's necessarily a difference between health and an optimal meal for body composition or for the or for fat loss as well because like everything is healthy but not everything's healthy things are healthy but then the devil's in the dose i think is a saying i really like it's like like people want to go out the weekend and uh they want to have a drink it's like okay that's fine you can have like one glass of wine you can two drinks and get away with it if you go out and you have an entire bottle of whiskey every weekend is that going to have a negative impact yes because it's it's yeah. going over a certain point of like taking the piss I think and I think that's where like I did it when I was younger and I think a lot of other people do we take snippets of information and we massively over exaggerate them yeah. so people are like we'll be like okay I can have a cheat meal and then i will eat until I'm like gonna pass out or then the cheat meal turns into like Sunday I just eat whatever the hell I want like a twat all day and then that, that happens the entire weekend and yeah. then people Monday to Friday get into this cycle which I can imagine a lot of people listening right now are like they wake up on Monday and they're like I feel like shit I ate like an idiot all weekend and then they basically starve themselves again till Friday and then they're so hungry they, they go off the rails for two days and that's this vicious cycle which is almost what I was getting into when I was nine to five. and I'm sure you see it all the time semester
0: yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, I think it is a, a big point there was the exaggeration aspect. Like a lot of time people will hear something. There's so many different things that people will take one thing that they want to hear and then run with it. Uh, and they'll just, it'll grow, it'll grow arms and legs. And before you know it, you're actually like, God, like, I actually thought that this was going to, that was, that one thing was going to solve it. No one thing is going to solve it the compound effect of all these different things. But as you said, even just that, to add on to your point there, you're literally losing the start of the day. If you start with like a, a high fat, high carb meal, like, Get your protein in from the start of the day and then see if you've end up hitting it by the end of the day. Then you've probably justified maybe having. Like I actually had a client send me today if she she'll probably be listening. Um, so she'd actually had a really high protein day, and then it was a sunny day here, which you don't get a lot of in Scotland. And she had two ciders, right? There's, there's obviously there was a little bit for whatever reason, there was a little bit of protein in the cider, which made her hit her protein goal. And then it said, you've had two Somerset ciders or whatever you've now hit your protein goal i was like no chance have you actually done that but that's made her feel better because she's all she's won the start of the day she's won the day throughout so then she can have that whereas if she'd started off with something like avocado and toast and smoked salmon and and all these kind of high fat yes there's a bit of protein in the salmon but that's the kind of like encompassing healthy meal but for a lot of people they don't have the calories for that either From uh, a I think, so
1: this, this is one of the best things i say to clients all the time so, we have something we, we use, it's called like a free meal strategy where we'll basically build people's nutrition. So, they can go out on the weekend, and you can have one meal, you can do whatever you want, like a three course meal. Don't eat like a complete dickhead, but like you can have what you want. Um, the big rule for this, though, and I say it to everyone don't do this for the first meal of the day. Don't do it for breakfast, have it for the last meal in the evening or like go out. Because if in the morning you go out and you go to, I don't know, say you're in the US, you go to IHOP and you have pancakes and stuff you're not going to eat like chicken salad for lunch let's be honest yeah. Like, yeah or you're probably not going to eat the rest of the day like the whole thing's going to fall apart whereas if you eat an awesome meal in the evening you're going to enjoy it it'll help you relax you're probably going to try and switch off more in the evening and then um you go to bed next day you wake up
0: it's a new day and it's like never even happened it's like, yeah it's
1: like a great dream yeah, yeah
0: yeah so like if you're going to throw in an element of like cheating or treat or whatever flexible approach or whatever way you want to frame the actual meal it should be a meal and like an untracked meal versus like um because i guess that's an element of flexibility because even let's just say for instance in terms of your, your calorie intake you went a few hundred calories over what you were meant to you've probably banked far more than that in terms of your deficit for the week so that meal wouldn't screw it all up but that day and then the next day because you still feel crap is where you can literally undo like everything basically all the hard work throughout the week and that's frustrating
1: i think this is actually a really good point i know we're going off on tangents but i think it's good just let it flow is that um for anyone listening, this is probably one of the greatest sayings that will change your life. Is thinking about instead of thinking like the micro, like the day to day, really small things about like every gram of rice of each meal, think about the macros in like the big zoomed out picture. So you can apply that to your nutrition in terms of, okay, I, I don't need to just be in a calorie deficit for like today. I need to be in a calorie deficit overall for the week and for the month. If you do that for the longer, more consistent periods of times, you will lose body fat. It's not about being in a calorie deficit from Monday to Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, you're in a surplus of 3,000 calories a day. So then you, you're you balanced out for the week. If you can zoom out to a longer time horizon and almost more, be more patient with the process, even if you're only 80% consistent with your like nutrition plan, but you're still in a deficit, if you're doing that for a bigger period of time and like on a more zoomed out level, like so if, I'm into like, cryptocurrency trading. So anyone who like people look at crypto markets and like, oh, the, the world's come to an end. If you look at the cryptocurrency market at the moment the, the market's gone sideways for a year essentially but that's the same thing in terms of nutrition people zoom too much in in terms of like looking at okay i need to be in a calorie deficit today and they hammer themselves for like five days and then they undo it for like a day or two if you just try to keep zoomed out all the time and almost think about like I, I just need to keep this this week in the calorie deficit this month in the calorie deficit and then almost like this three month in the calorie deficit until my summer goal you will get in awesome shape. And that is literally it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Cause it, the, the worst part is, it's not even necessarily people's approaches wrong is that as soon as something happens, then that's, there's no point in doing it anymore. And then that's, that's how they give up and like, and then it takes them and then they end up in a surplus or somewhere around maintenance for like months. And then they feel as if they've not lost progress or they feel as if they've not gained progress. And then it's, it's like starting again. Whereas you're never starting again because you don't have to be as uh, very important. Actually, I probably don't say it enough to clients. You don't have to be in a calorie deficit every single day. No, just it's, as, as it's long good. as you're not going way over, it's, it's, it's really not a, a, a big, um a big deal in terms it's, it's,
1: it's of. It's a, just, just looking at the bigger picture of things. That's it. If you're, if you're in a calorie deficit for the week and you, you weren't for one, you hit maintenance or just over for one day because you went out, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah in terms of now uh so obviously that's kind of in the past stuff that you've kind of struggled with in terms of now you'd kind of mentioned i don't know if you were on camera or not then but like you'd said obviously you've been traveling kind of recently and uh there's been obviously for a lot of people lack of routine can be mean lack of progress but you've got leaner during that stuff what's some of the kind of tips or protocols that you've used to maximize that
1: so this is actually really interesting. And I um I haven't shared the photos yet, but I was actually genuinely shocked when I put them next to each other. So I've been in uh, Canada. I flew into Vancouver from Dubai, where I currently live, um, which is like a 20-hour flight, two hour, two flights, twelve hours time difference. Like it's a it's a big haul to get there. Um, so that's a lot of stress on the body, so I didn't really eat much on the way there. One thing I try and recommend for people when when traveling a lot is to try and fast and not eat too much because and your body naturally hates flying and it causes a lot of dis- like um, digestion distress almost so that's why a lot of people get bloating they upset stomachs when they fly and they travel um for that period of time i couldn't didn't want to fast for that long so it ended up being like 36 hours um so i think i had some like maybe like one or two like small protein meals emirates business class had steaks I like, i'll have that <laughs> and then, um the the big things that I noticed in terms of, and I, I've been obviously doing this for a while, there's, there's a few key principles. And this is what I think everyone needs to think about in terms of nutrition It's like, what uh, myself and Sylvester T will teach you all is like, it's, and you mentioned earlier, it's in terms of habits, but these are principles. And these are principles to live your life by in terms of how to have self-respect for yourself and how to, to basically eat for yourself. So the most important thing you do every single day is to make sure you hit your protein intake. So that's the one thing I would do every single day is to make sure like the bare minimum, I will always hit at least 200 grams of protein for me to maintain my body weight and and muscle mass. Because protein is the most important macronutrient because protein can be converted via glucogenesis into glycogen carbohydrates if we need it. So if we can always shoot over on protein and that's not a problem at all and it has a thermogenic effect where our body will almost use 30% of the calories from protein to break it down. So I always try and push people to make sure that the protein first is the most important thing I want to think about within nutrition. Now, when it comes from like adding in other things from there, it's just trying to be sensible. So not trying to have things that are going to be like digestively disruptive. And I'd also try and think about having foods that um, aren't going to be like overloading your gut in one go. So I think one of the big mistakes that we see when people go away is that they set themselves up to fail from the beginning because they'll go to like eat so much like restaurants. They'll go way overboard. And it's almost just trying to have some limitations. So I don't know if you do this with your clients, but one thing I personally started doing it myself because I like food, I have to try to set myself down. It's like, go to breakfast in the morning. I can have what I want, but I have to limit this to one plate. So I was like, okay, on this plate i need to get 40 50 grams of protein but like bang so that's pretty much like half the plate done probably like two three eggs whatever and yeah like, okay i can have like i don't know two pieces of toast and some fruit so it's probably like 50 grams of carbs there or something like that yeah. so you as you start to put some sort of constraints on like the food you can have but you can still have what you want you're going to be roughly around the right amount of calories for you and you're not going to be going way overboard and, and i know you're going to be the same in terms of when you go away and you travel you're generally going to be more active walking around you're not going to be sitting at your desk all day so you'll generally probably have a higher calorie output in terms of calories burned which yeah means you're going to be able to get away with having extra food and um, the other golden rule i would say with people is it doesn't have to be weight training but when you're away on vacation or traveling just be active do fun stuff so one of the reasons i lost a lot of body fat was because i was skiing every day so i, I was very active i only worked out I think four times in 11 days which from, like with weights which and two of them are pretty half if I'm, I'm not half-arsed but like we're like 50% of what they'd normally be but that was just enough stimulation to retain muscle tissue and then me being in a slight calorie deficit and just body fat comes off and that's one of the things I think is really important for listeners and um, in particular, particular like a lot of the audience I had to do busy business people traveling it's like if you're in a bit of a shit hotel and you can't do the work like you're supposed to do it's not the end of the world. Just think about how can I do something in here to stimulate some muscle tissue, to keep the muscle tissue in my frame and then use your nutrition, having enough protein coming in to feed that re- repair and make sure your body's retaining it. Because an, an important thing to think about when it comes to like how the body works, our body doesn't really want to maintain muscle, muscle mass. It doesn't want to have 18 inch arms. It doesn't want to be me walking around at 100 kilos. Like it doesn't want that. So we have to give it a stimulus to keep that muscle mass on our frame. And also have the nutrients coming in to keep their muscle mass there, which is why we talked about the protein first. And then once you have those sort of principles in place in terms of protein, uh, being adequate every day, giving yourself some sort of calorie like, control in terms of how much you can eat. So for me, I'll do like maybe three meals a day and a snack. And then um, if, you, if you're not actually properly working out, if I eat I know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I don't go mental in terms of what I'm eating, I can eat whatever I want in terms of have, like a, a main course meal, do you know what I mean? Like, as long as I'm not going to have uh, a pizza or something that I wouldn't have anyway because it wouldn't digest very well with me. As long as you stick to these principles, I think that makes a big difference in terms of protein, being active, don't eat too much in one sitting, try and do some time of resistance training when you're traveling, like doesn't have to be anything insane. And then the last thing was like we said at the beginning, is like zooming out on a macro level, thinking about, where are my calories going to be at roughly for the entire week? So I would generally fast and cut calories back on days when I travel. So that will put me in a deficit straight away anyway for the week. So that if I'm away and I want to have, I don't know, they've got like sick cookies and stuff here. And I like stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. And like if I have 500 calories on a muffin or something, well, I, I ate like 2000 less calories than I would have done on Monday when I traveled. So it doesn't make any difference. That That's yeah. the way I'd start to like get people's thought process into it. And it's not, it's quite a fluid process and it just takes you almost like playing around with it. And I think it's almost letting people relax rather yeah. than you'll probably know what I mean. We get some people are very anal, like they want to be like ticking things off and it has to be specific numbers. It's like, yeah. just go with the flow of things and just start to feel how your body feels and you'll get a better understanding and it will just take a little bit of time. But that's generally how I try and teach people to eat more intuitively when they're traveling, but just more with the set of principles, if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah 100% I think I think it is like zooming out is is a big thing that you just said there in terms of like from the calorie perspective um because it's something like even like even like the other day so in general like right now um I'm about 192 pounds or something like that and um I'm like uh I don't know about I, see I, I'm not actually tracking my calories I tracking my calories because I said I would hold a client accountable and I would send them mine Um, and I ended up on like, so I I thought it was roughly on about 2,800, but because I'd eaten a bit more at the weekend, I wasn't as hungry and I was super busy on Monday. And I ended up only eating about 1,600 calories or there or thereabouts. And I was like, how, like, how can I do that? Then the next day I was back up at like 2,500, 2,800 or something like that. Um, but I think it's then people freak out and think. They've went too low. They've went. To, see if you understand that your days are going to be different. So it's not a huge deal as long as you're you're hitting a protein goal um, and your your satiety levels are decent and you've not got like you're not low in energy. Half your plate is protein. That's probably the protocols that you kind of I guess is what I live by in general. Not just I guess when you're when you're traveling.
1: Yeah. The only other thing I'd add into that as well is um, which I didn't really mention is in terms of food choices. I would just make sure that so. The important thing to think about is that 77% of our immune system is based within our digestive tract so um us protecting that and making sure that's optimal and in, in a good place will make a very big difference in terms of firstly how you feel and also fat loss so what's important with that is that we don't like I referred to pizza earlier on I really like pizza and I could probably get away with I could I could get away with eating it in terms of calories but cheese will like destroy my stomach like rip me a new one proverbially and then also it's full of gluten which also causes me loads of issues so mm-hmm. I won't eat pizza I might occasionally have a slice if someone if I go out for dinner with someone I would want one but I wouldn't go and have a whole pizza because I know it's going to make me feel like shit so not yeah. from the calorie point of view but it'll make me feel crap and it would also it would slow down things like fat loss same thing for me I absolutely love bread but I will try and limit bread probably more to just when I'm traveling because I'm pretty gluten intolerant so it causes issues Another big tip for anyone listening to this, I love porridge oats. And this is how I clocked that. You're from Scotland, you love oats. <laughs> um, this is how I clocked out an issue with gluten, is that every time I'd, I'd eat oats, I'd get really bloated, like gassy. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? So I was like, these are healthy. And this is a while ago. And I was like, I was like, let me try gluten-free oats. Try gluten-free oats, no issue. Literally. Yeah. So I turned up in Canada, I had, I bought, I couldn't find gluten-free oats, got normal oats, stomach problems. Yeah, or gluten-free oats, no issues. So it's yeah, like li- little things like that. So if anyone listening, I would always just buy gluten-free oats. Like even if that makes a two percent difference in terms of your stomach, your digestive health, think about the compounding effect of your digestion being two percent better for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, that's some value from there's, listening to this podcast.
0: There is there's studies to show there's a there's a, a actual difference in people's mental health based on their digestion. It's true. Like there's, there's definitely, and that's probably a tangent in itself, but it, but it is true. Like the clients that tend to struggle are the clients that, um, whenever I ask them like how they're feeling, like, have they got a regular like toilet cycle? Um, and if they don't, they're usually the ones that are struggling because they're just, they're almost like fighting this kind of strange feeling in their, in their stomach all the time. And that's, that's not, that's not a good way to live. Yeah.
1: It's, um, the gut is so linked to the brain, it's insane. The, that, the two biggest things that affect how you think and feel is your digestion and your hormone levels. And yeah. if your digestion is also at whack, that's going to have an effect on your hormone levels. It's almost like a, uh, a spinning <laughs> snowball that's getting away from you if, if that's at whack.
0: Yeah. Uh, in terms of the next topic, I kind of wanted to obviously go into to movement so we cover nutrition because for for most people that's like the, the worst part is like trying to get their nutrition dialed in if they can get their nutrition dialed in other stuff tends to follow suit however there's there's a, there's a kind of weird thing that when people think just about nutrition they they end up almost like that they're not doing things whereas if you do a workout then that's like a catalyst to to want to eat better so obviously in terms of movement and workouts and steps and all that sort of stuff what stuff that you've done previously that you would say was probably a bit daft and what stuff that you do now?
1: Uh, so I've done actually a few posts on social media. So I'd have a look at it on Instagram or YouTube. But the um, there's a lot of gimmicky bullshit that gets put out there. Like there's some stupid thing the other day about this guy who just eats meat, raw meat. And I was like, this is just dumb. Is this the Firstly,
0: Liver King guy?
1: No, no, there's another one. And then, um, so the, this is like one of the things i just say to everyone, is just like try and use like logic and critical thinking when you look at things because a lot of the time tr- people are trying to sell you stuff. And this is the same in terms of gimmicky exercises and me and Sylvester aren't trying to do- sell you anything here and it's trying to inform you of like the bullshit that I've done and I've seen in the past. So um, like thinking logically, for example, like German volume training, like, I- I've-, I've done that before, like 10 sets of 10 on, mm-hmm. on squats and bench press and stuff like that. Uh, I- I've done that. Uh, did it work? Not really um why did it not work you're just doing stupid amounts of volume on the same exercise and same movement pattern over and over and over again and that's essentially almost taking like a weight training uh system and turn it into a cardiovascular workout and if you're going to look to do cardio using a barbell squat is not the most effective way to do that and that's one of my arguments in terms of crossfit where they've got people doing like overhead overhead snatches and stuff like that and they're doing that as like a, a hip workout it's like if you want to do hit, go and use an assault bike That's much more effective and specifically designed for that a barbell and lifting weights isn't designed to be taken to failure like aerobically in those sort of movements so I think when people start to think like that it will help them conceptualize things so gone a bit off topic but in terms of workouts I think the most important thing in particular if you're looking to get in really good shape for the summer is actually having a plan and structure follow so when you have a plan, it's very easy to just be like, just firstly, A, turn up because you've got something to hold you accountable to doing it. And the B is you just eliminate the thought process. If half things actually like for most people, it's like they don't know what to do. They don't know where to get started. If you've got five exercises on a, on a workout today and you know you've got to go in and do that, it's almost eliminating one of those barriers and like more decision-making. It's something I'm a very big fan of is like removing like decision-making for people throughout the day. And that's why I don't feel the same. I like people to generally try and eat the same foods every day. I think one of the big problems is where people try and be too smart and too flexible with food so that they're trying to like chop and change stuff all the time. And they're like, oh, yeah. I can't do this, it's too complicated. So well, just find four or five meals you really like, what your four or five things, eat those every day in the right amounts, and you will lose body fat. Yeah. Um, and let's go back to nutrition. But in terms of training, it's a similar approach. Yeah. what do you like to do because i have clients who just cycle and they lose loads of body weight because they like cycling and they don't want to go to the gym i was like okay, that's cool we can do that we just nail your nutrition and you can do that if you like running i wouldn't really recommend it for fat loss but if that's what you want to do you can do that um people like sports like for most people if, if they're one of those they're not a gym person that's fine i would try and get them to do maybe one or two training sessions a week which maybe it's like a full body or an upper body lower body session yeah and that would generally be my protocol and the other big thing I'd say for most people is you don't actually need to change your workout routine that often Um, I don't know if you see this as well but I think people are looking for entertainment rather than results they get bored and one of the big things particularly if you're not very advanced at training is you actually want to use less exercises but get very very good at those select few and then try and progress getting better at like with the weights and reps you can do rather than chopping and changing them you want to be like a master of a few exercises rather than a jack of all exercises. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely one thing that I always find is that if people, people get very easily bored with the same workouts. And I think a lot of the time is that people actually don't work out anywhere near hard enough. And that's a, that's a big issue I find is that because they get bored because they don't see progression because they don't really know what intensity is. So like when you go through and like, how was that? Was that an eight out of 10? Like, and it was you look at them it was a five. So if if they were to actually push towards some some good intensity, then they would see themselves progressing. and they would get less bored with the with the exercises because they're actually they see themselves progressing, they can see their shape coming through a bit more um, and they would get the result more because like you can't you can't tickle your workouts and expect some sort of physique to, to show up. You have to actually put the put the, the graft in for it.
1: I agree. And I think there's a couple of things I'd add into that. So one of the big things I I'm a big fan of is like and I try and explain this to people, in particularly people who are sometimes more advanced, it tends to be guys who tend to be a bit egotistical. Um when they I was like what if I could get you 50% more results in the same effort, how would that be? Because so many people are doing exercises so wrong which is why I'm so hot on people on exercise execution because that is how you actually put like, I've drastically changed my physique in the last two years. I don't work out as hard as I used to four years ago when I used to compete because I actually have like, like we talked talking about a minute ago, perfected like a set of, I don't know, 25 exercises for me and my body that I can get like maximal amount of like muscle recruitment from and I don't have to actually push myself that hard, but I'm getting the most out of movements not stressing my joints, and from a longevity point of view, like I want to be doing this to like hundred, like I'm not going to be battered and bruised. I can keep going. I'm not trashing my joints. Yeah, and this is a big thing for me think. I want people to think about. It's like it's not what you do or how much. It's how you do it that's going to have the biggest impact on your end results. So intensity is really important, but it's also the the effort applied with the right uh, movement pattern and execution. But that effort in the exercise also has to go in terms of effort into learning how to do it correctly and then taking advice from Sylvester or someone like myself um, in terms of, like, media feedback or how you want to do it to try and, like, get you to that point. And then when you master that exercise is when you can then start to put in, like, the reps and so they're practicing it and pushing it to then build the muscle and change your physique drastically.
0: Yeah. And do you, do you ever feel as if, uh, like, when you – Look at because actually, a lot of your videos. uh, Because I was having a look through a lot of your videos are like, don't do this, do this sort of thing. Do you feel as if you see it quite a lot, even potentially if you're in a lot of gyms, other trainers? Like given their clients, like uh, this was always dead prevalent in gyms that that I was in, was um like barbell back squat, and they, they can barely even master a body weight squat. And they've got sixty kilos in their back, and they they've got their knees knees are caving in, and like I think it's just for for me that is just like they're never ever going to progress because they've not went back enough to in order to progress. I
1: so moving to Dubai has shocked me in terms of how bad personal training is there like really? it is on another level like they charge people with an arm and a leg and it's horrendous and i literally i almost want to put my hand in my head like head in my hands whatever well <laughs> like there's a few times where i've almost had to say something and i, I won't because it's not my place but um it, yeah it, it's bad and i think it's one of those things is uh, and I, everyone's learning I, I i was a trainer when i was 18 which was 14 years ago and i didn't i and this is this is being honest for people listening like. I was a qualified trainer with reps level three from, I don't know, Premier International. And I look back now, I don't have a fucking clue what I was doing. I was really strong, like a squat a lot and I could train yeah. or whatever. Um, but for actually training other people is a very different thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things that people are like, okay, this dude's in awesome shape, he must be a great trainer. It's very different, from me training myself versus me training uh, Joe Bloggs, who's, who's 50 kilos overweight, because as you said, If you're really overweight, a barbell squat is not a good exercise you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like That is an advanced movement to get that technically right. And if you're not doing that right, it's gonna cause issues in terms of joint pain, probably make you feel really shit. You're probably gonna be a bit embarrassed because you're not very good at it. You're not gonna be very comfortable in the gym anyway. So the whole thing is just gonna be a really unpleasant experience. Whereas if you actually regress that back or maybe put them on a machine with maybe some more external stability, like something like a hack squat, for example, yeah. Which is easier to put someone in and then be like, okay, and get them used to movement patterns a bit more. Yeah. It then makes people um be able to see a bit of progress with that. And then with confidence comes, and then with confidence comes momentum, and it's again like another snowball effect. Yeah. But you you're you're hugely right with that. And it it's something that hugely frustrates me. And I, I sometimes don't know how to um because I, I was overweight when I'm like, this is one of the things very personal. I don't know how sometimes how to articulate my frustration to help other people when I see these scenarios if that makes sense
0: yeah well I I think also what needs to come into play as well is like uh, trainers or just people in general need to have a bit of self-awareness to understand where they're actually at yeah just because especially because I've had clients in the past that have been like I can squat 60 kilos or 70 kilos now get them on and I'm like no unfortunately sorry to break it to you but you can't and you feel bad for saying it but like they built up in their head and they feel as if they're going backwards. But it's almost as if you're undoing someone else's mistake, backwards. if you like. So it's it's a it's a hard one because the client's buzzing because they're squatting they're maybe sit on a box or whatever and come and come back up and they've got all this weight on the bar. But as if they really actually just mastered the, the squat, they could really, they could get so much actually stronger and lift way more than 60 kilos or whatever it is, if they got the foundations right so so definitely employ if you get anything movement wise from this podcast actually ask yourself where are you actually at like if you were to film yourself in terms of a video and send it over to one of us would you really be that confident that it would be right if not stop stacking weight on and start just completing the exercise well
1: and this is the other thing i say actually is don't have an ego so for example uh, I'm in Toronto. So I'm training. I've been training a bit with a guy called Mike Van Wick, who's like a the legend in like Canadian bodybuilding. He's a G. Um, and that, so I love training and nutrition. I just like learning. And the stuff we're doing is completely different than how I'd normally train. And like I was doing dumbbell presses, we were like 40 pounds over there. It's like I know, 20 kilos or something. Yeah. And I was failing. Like I can normally press like 60s. Yeah. But I'm humble enough to like try different things and try different techniques and movement patterns yeah. because I want to learn. And Most people in particular, like even some clients come to us like, oh, I know how to do this. I know it's like, okay, you might know how to do something, but is there a better way to do that? Because the quicker you learn to do something better and then you implement that, like I was saying earlier, you then have a compounding effect of, even if that's 5% better, if that's 5% better out of every chest workout for the rest of your life,
0: how much better the results going to be? Yeah, yeah, 100%. In terms of results, I guess that was the kind of next thing in terms of like, um well two two things we'll go into is like getting the result and setting the goal like how do you even go about that and then actually keeping the result at the other end of it will be the, the, the kind of last thing so in terms of getting the result what do you get a lot of people coming to you that have like this thing in their head that they want and the the time frame is just not doable um and or they just don't believe that they can potentially or they even set the bar too low and like that's the kind of i don't think there's many people in the middle there's there's either like they have this on like they underestimate what they can do in a, a long period of time and overestimate what they can do in a shorter period of time a lot of the time
1: uh, i i would agree with that wholeheartedly i think one of my gifts i feel is my ability to help people maximize their potential because i think a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot and I hate when people have limiting beliefs and like I cannot do this I cannot I'm bad at maths whatever like be very careful about the language you use when you talk about yourself or like I have never gotten in shape because when you start to talk like that that then becomes something that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and we need to be very aware of the language we use about ourselves I think there's a couple of things I always I'm I'm very keen on so we have basically like a four-phase approach in terms of training nutrition so a priming phase fat loss phase reverse dieting phase and performance phase and, and that's how we generally tend to train people depending on their goal um, and the primary phase initially in terms of habits and mindset is really really key which i know is something you spoke about earlier on so when it comes to this it comes up like i personally like to have longer time frames to to get people transformations or to drive people down i think 16 to 20 weeks is, is a good timeline for most people obviously depends how much body fat you have and what your goal is but i think a longer time scale is generally better even though most people don't want to hear it because it allows it to be more sustainable and it allows you to go out the weekend and go out for dinner and have a more yeah. f- fun flamboyant life which is ultimately what I want to do rather than like I can have we can hammer people and get them shredded in eight weeks it's no it's no issue but it's going to be a rough ride for you there's no there's no like if but if buts and marries about that so yeah. I, I think that's something maybe people to think about Is like the quicker I want to do this the harder it's going to be and then also the thing you've got to think about is out the back end of this, the harder it is going to be to try and come out of it in a good position because the body doesn't want to be pushed hard in either way, losing body fat or gaining weight. Our body wants to be in homeostasis in like a balanced position rather than like in a calorie deficit, aggressively losing or in calorie receptors, aggressively gaining weight. So like if you try and do one or the other very quickly, it will try and push back on you. So I would suggest people try and have a more staggered approach with that. Um, when it comes to goal setting i think having a definitive date is very good i think having something to put pressure on you is very good because cheat saying pressure makes diamonds all that bullshit but if you if you do something that's good like you don't want to like a twat and turn up and look terrible it, it you chances are you're going to probably not eat the chocolate in the fridge or whatever so yeah. that's why like when we have clients do photo shoots they get sick results because they're like I don't want to turn up, for example, on the second of June and be like, and, and look like a twat in front of the photographer or Charlie, and, and be out of shape. So people are like, "I need to be on this. I'm committed. I'm in." Yeah, and that's why it's not about like it's about focusing on the process, not the prize. The prize at the end of the tra- the, the transformation or the photo shoot is great, but that like prize at the end creates the pressure to then make sure you stick to the process to then get to the end of the result. If that makes sense, that, that's yeah. the way I try and explain to people. But having like photo shoots holidays are probably the best one i think or weddings if you get married anything like that with a concise goal we like or even like i don't know school reunions christmas we've seen a family like i want to be in the best shape of my life to them <laughs> to look good for whatever reason Like that, that's my personal opinion i don't know what your, your impact is not that well i think
0: in terms of like uh, in terms of like urgency to get there and it needs to be a time and a bit of pressure on it to get there 100 percent these things can give you that kind of short term like push towards it. And people actually underestimate that you can actually, there, there's nothing wrong with a bit of push. If you feel as if your, your actual, um, your body, your mentality, your professional job or whatever can handle it then more power to you go for it, learn a bit during it as well. Um, through that pushing phase, but if it's eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, whatever it may be. Um, but, then once you get to that point, you don't just, like, stop. Like, that's where you need to reverse back out of that and, and integrate it somewhere and then figure out what the next goal is because otherwise you'll just go straight back to where you were previously at and it was almost pointless doing it in the first place. So that's the next thing. How do you maintain it? Uh,
1: so that, that's a big one. So that's, um, and that's actually my favourite thing to do with clients because it's... Um, personally, it's the most rewarding, I think, because you see a client then who... The first guy that comes to mind is a guy called Mali, if you listen to this, uh, in Dubai. He's a client. I've been probably working for 18 months. Guy, really busy works in, I think, like pharmaceuticals or something. And he um, travels a lot. And he was maybe 25 kilos overweight um, and came to me. And he has lost so much weight. Did a photo shoot in December at Train Beach in Dubai. And it... It was it's insane to see like the change in him as a person? It looks like a complete different guy now. What is insane is the fact we have now been like reverse starting him for a while. He's now eating about 200 grams of carbohydrates more than he was 18 months ago, and he's 25 kilos lighter and has abs. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that, that for me, I'm like, this is fucking insane because this guy now, for the rest of his life, is now lost loads of body fat. Yeah, I'm just wanting to talk about it. like lost yeah. body fat. Can now, and when you get to that point, where you're like he's eating like four or five hundred grams of carbohydrates a day yeah it's not difficult you know, to
0: then stay in shape yeah because it's like it's but when you
1: want you want to go away on holiday and you want to basically eat what you want you eat three meals a day of eating what you want you're not going to hit four or five hundred grams of carbohydrates like realistically you just have a, like yeah it's pretty easy then to then to keep on track and that's the whole beauty of the reverse diet process but the key with reverse dieting is that you have to be have accountability and you have to have an actual process and structure to do this. So either working myself or with Sylvester in terms of like, okay, there has to be methodology to this in terms of like reviewing where you're at and not just adding food in for the sake of it. So the big thing that I am very pushy on in terms of is is mainly utilizing carbohydrates. So I think protein generally is a prerequisite. It should generally just stay the same throughout the bulk of what you're doing. Fats are manipulated as needed, probably more for calories. And then carbohydrates is the main macronutrient i will tend to manipulate heavily um because we've got a system that's called our metabolic priming diet where we'll tend to try and push carbs really heavily around the workouts so when we, we're taking some of reverse dieting we'll add most of the carbs back in pre-workout uh, intra-workout in the form of a carbohydrate drink and then also post-workout and then start to stagger it more out from there if that makes sense but by doing that we're getting our body to almost like light its own furnace get your metabolism going faster and faster and faster. But when your body is lean, your body's really sensitive to carbohydrates. You're very insulin sensitive. And also, particularly for guys, and this is one of the issues I have with guys when they try and bulk and they're like 18% body fat, it's like this, that will never work. Because when you're, in my opinion, when your body fat's above 14, 15%, your hormonal profiles tend to go, start to go slightly out of whack in terms of you tend to become more pro-estrogenic and you tend to have slightly less testosterone. As your body fat comes down, maybe closer to 12 and below, you'll find that your testosterone levels will, to Eastern, Eastern ratio, your Eastern will start to come down, which means you're going to have less water retention be less likely to store body fat. That comes to a certain point that when you go below like I don't know, 8% body fat, probably less that your testosterone level will probably start to drop quite significantly because your body's quite depleted. Most people are never going to get to that level anyway. The sweet spot's probably about 10, which I would suggest for most people, but that's Generally, the way I would try and look at reverse dieting people, and then also just being patient with it, because, yeah. um and, and it's also important in terms of client feedback, as you know, because this is the, the difficult and beautiful thing with working with humans is we aren't robots; we're emotional creatures. We think with emotion, not with logic. So, people tend to be like, "Oh, I'm hungry. I'm reverse dieting. I'm going to eat like four donuts." And I was like, "Yeah, like don't just don't do that." If you, if you're at the point where you're you're finding you're really hungry say to a coach like me sylvester whoever that this is what's going on this is what time i'm hungry and there's strategic things you can do to try and fix that and one of them for example is actually adding in more fats to your diet because i don't know if you find the same i find I, I end up getting really hungry if i haven't eaten enough fats earlier on in the day yeah so tight very good. yeah it makes massive difference massive difference yeah
0: yeah definitely and i think i think that that's it see see in terms of like maintaining that because there is it isn't much of a point of like almost doing it if you can't to somewhat maintain it even just a level like if you've got like i say people you do one big diet in your life like one big one um, and once you do that one big one then you've almost got like a a stage where you just stay in between and you never go back to that previous person because then you're going to have to do another big one again so if you can do one big diet whether that's 16 weeks for you whether that's a year with diet breaks in between. Once you get to that point, then it's a case of like, right, then it's just goals and performance-based stuff and uh, kind of adding a little bit, taking away a wee bit based on where you're at in your life. And I definitely think that for for most people, like understand that if you can really nail this once and once and for all, you can genuinely just not really diet properly for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, it then just becomes, like we were saying earlier, a set of principles you live by, you eat this amount of protein, you generally try and stay active, you don't eat like a twat, you try not to eat foods that upset your digestion. And then when you want to try and turn it on for a bit, to get in shape for a holiday, you've maybe only got eight weeks where you need to be a bit more focused and then the body fat comes
0: off. Yeah, yeah, it's not this huge thing that you have to then no. pluck yourself uh, out of to try and do. It's generally just a little goal that actually might be quite yeah. exciting for that short space of time as well. Yeah, 100%, 100% all right so um anything else you wanted to to kind of cover uh
1: i think those are the main things and i think the other thing is uh the other two big variables i think a lot of people don't think about in terms of one would be sleep so i think sleep optimization yeah. is a big one so i'll just try and find <laughs> as much value as i can as quick as i can um so try not sleep within two hours going so not try to sleep trying to eat within two hours going to sleep is very important um caffeine has a half-life of around six hours so ideally, I would try and minimise caffeine before going to bed uh, within six hours, probably the last time I'd have it, although you would still have some caffeine in your system if you had it six hours beforehand. Um, I, for bigger guys, if you're overweight, um, I use nasal strips to open up your nasal cavity to help you breathe when you're asleep. So if you wake up in the, mouth and you've got, uh, in the morning and you've got a dry mouth, that's because you're breathing through your mouth at night, which is really bad because it's putting your body in a, a parasympathetic state which is basically your body's like stressed and it's not recovering properly. So we want to be breathing through our nasal cavity when we sleep. Now, one of the big reasons for this is that our uh, nitric oxide production in terms of what's called vasodilation in terms of letting our blood vessels relax actually comes from the nitric oxide production that comes to our nasal cavity. Now, one of the big issues people have is having high blood pressure, in particular if you're overweight. So one of the easiest things you can do with minimal effort is just use nasal strips when you're sleeping. So that's a very easy one. Uh, for anyone who has blood pressure issues, like a lot of doctors, for example, will go give you blood pressure medication, but they won't give you very simple advice like that, which basically costs you nothing and doesn't negatively affect your health. Um, another big one I would say for people in that position actually draws about blood pressure is HIIT cardio is phenomenally good for that. So doing things like intervals on assault bikes, spin bikes, it's also a good way to improve insulin sensitivity. So those can all come into helping blood pressure and obviously helping sleep. And the other thing I think for sleep for me, I found personally made a big difference was using like a, a face mask. Like I'm really light sensitive. So me doing that had, had a big impact. Uh, and the other last thing I would just say is just be aware of stress levels because and like be aware of how that makes you feel. Like if you're going through a really stressful time in terms of work, personal relationships, understand that can have an effect in terms of fat loss and maybe water retention, because when you get stressed, you release cortisol, which is a fat storage hormone, and of course increase water retention. So Sometimes if you were seeing fluctuations on a scale or the scale's not moving very well and you're really, really stressed, that can be a reason why. So a thought process to think about is trying to always think about like cause and effect, Think back to why you're not losing weight if you are doing everything you're supposed to be doing because there's normally a reason why. And I'm sure you've seen that in the past,
0: Alyssa. Yeah, like I've even had clients that, like, even just a couple of weeks ago, a client came back and they were in Dubai, uh, and did, she'd lost like a kilo or half a kilo or something like that. Because they're not stressed, they're chilled. Yeah, and and that, and that's it. And because she she genuinely, if there was a client that probably I would say 100%, you you are doing the stuff. She she was so um there that that was obviously a bit of like an insight from that the fact that she could just kind of relax and she As kind of you spoke about at the start of the podcast she was active she was still training she she was doing more steps than she probably normally would um she's 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 able to like enjoy the meals she's got the protocols there and stuff so that like there was not a major change other than the fact that she was actually just relaxed so so yeah definitely I'm probably sleep and probably sleeping better as well so that's yeah. why i brought those two things up because it's like
1: i noticed for me for example my sleep's been shit the last like two weeks when traveling and whatever and time jet lag and stuff uh, like i think i slept like 10 hours last night but like
0: yeah
1: w- when you actually sleep properly you feel so much better and your body composition will improve yeah this is yeah. the biggest thing that you can fix in a life which will make you better at everything you do <laughs> and also from a business perspective you know what i mean by this all the people who are like, oh, 5am, 4.30am club of like working and like, like grind, grind, grind all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I've done that before. And yes, I, I, I know I can go like Defcon mode when I have to for like six to eight weeks because I've got stuff on. But the reality is what actually ends up happening is you're robbing Peter to pay Paul because you, okay, yeah, you can work from 4.30 till 7am, whatever, it's super hard. But come later in the day, you're crashing out your ass. You're not productive. You're not actually doing any work and you're probably just yeah. scrolling through Facebook or Tinder or something. Like... Yeah. To try and use some logic when you do these things. I think you prioritizing your sleep schedule, make sure you go to bed at a set time and get up at a set time is another one of the low-hanging fruits that can help you with everything.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that's it. Like sometimes I'll, I'll almost assume sleep's not too bad um, and routine's good, diet's good, apparently um but what you realize is that the sleep is terrible and then that's just the that's the snowball effect of of everything else like I know when Rosie was first born my daughter and we didn't get any sleep I can't even remember the first six weeks of her life and I couldn't function in terms of business properly I don't know what happened um and if you think if you want to be like a like a high productive individual you're never going to do that without some decent level of sleep
1: here's the last one for anyone listening we were filming as well is that so this is an aura ring so this is uh, my third generation one so i'm a big tech nerd and this tracks everything with your sleep like um deep sleep REM all that sort of stuff how many steps you do every day is something called heart rate variability and heart rate variability is essentially how well recovered you are and i'm a big believer in terms of um what gets quantified and measured you can then control and then improve and if you become consciously aware of like fuck like it's almost like gamification for anyone who understands that so like it'll give you like a score every day of like your readiness in terms of how recovered you are in your sleep and what i find with when people use this it's almost like a game they want to try and go to bed earlier to then improve their sleep score which then actually helps them lose fat because they're they're focusing on their sleep but it helps them lose fat so it's yeah. like that's
0: yeah. something that's quite like, game, I gamify a wee but yeah definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Gamification. yeah. good thing neil spoke about that didn't he um yeah yeah so uh is there anything that you wanted to you know finishing on other than uh the fact that obviously where to find you so probably best place is instagram yeah uh
1: yes so instagram is the main platform so at charlie johnson fitness um big one i'm putting a lot of content onto at the moment which um is youtube so if you would look up charlie johnson fitness i probably have a video on every exercise on there and nutrition thing that you could ever want to think of <laughs> um i've also got tiktok charlie johnson fitness and my own podcast which is the you just type in the shredded show um, again talking through similar stuff to this in terms of nutrition t- tactics and stuff like that um, i've recently launched a, a free abs guide for anyone who wants that so it's a free abs guide.com has a free abs training program also like a video course i put with it in terms of exercise execution which is if you can't tell something quite anal about
0: it. perfect perfect so it was great to have you on mate um thanks for- thank you so much Thanks for coming. That's and honestly, we'd love to hear what your thoughts were. So for, so feel free to kind of message, tag us, whatever. Yeah, uh, 100%. When you listen to this, and we will speak to you all very soon. Cheers.